Clarice, Charlie in the Box, Dolly, Donner, Sam the Snowman, Hermie, Yukon Cornelius, and of course, Rudolph. These and other characters were in the classic 1964 animated stop-motion film, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Recently, I've been thinking about another character in the film, the abominable snowman named Bumble. For much of the film, Bumble is a flesh-eating antagonist, but you may remember in one scene, Bumble is knocked out by Yukon Cornelius at the entrance to a cave, a cave in which Rudolph and others are being held hostage by Bumble. And as the story goes, Bumble and Yukon Cornelius wrestle with each other outside of the cave. Sadly, both end up falling off a huge cliff in the tussle, and everyone assumes they are dead. But later in the film, there's a knock at the door to Santa's workshop, and to everyone's surprise, it is Yukon Cornelius and a newly tamed and friendly Bumble. Rudolph asks how they survived the fall off the cliff, and Yukon Cornelius responds, didn't I tell you? Bumbles bounce. Well, reflecting upon the film and where we are today, I believe the idea of a bouncing bumble has a lot to say to us as we enter the season of Advent, version 2020. Advent is a four-week period celebrated by many Christians around the world as a time to spiritually and attitudinally prepare for Christmas and for Christ's second coming. But for these first two Sundays in Advent, given the enormous challenges that so many of us are facing individually, that we're facing as a nation and as a world, I think it's important this Advent season that we get into something. That something is the entire topic of resilience, and this is where the bouncing bumble comes in. In the story of Rudolph, Bumble falls off a cliff, but in a very literal and figurative way, Bumble bounces back. In other words, what was terrible did not destroy Bumble at all, but rather it served as the opportunity for Bumble to be transformed. Bumble went through something awful, but came out the other side in unanticipated, wonderful ways. You know, I know that we have many blessings. I know we have much to be grateful for. I know that we can trust God without question. But I also know, as was the case for everyone of faith in Scripture and for the countless unnamed people over the course of thousands of years, that blessings and reliance and dependence upon God in no way rules out times of great difficulty. When the going gets tough for any of us, as is the case for many right now, I think it's helpful to keep the whole topic of resilience in mind. Now, I have to admit that resilience is something that I continue to work on. I do not have it down. Nor do I believe that resilience is something that anybody has down pat. Rather, I think resilience is a lifelong journey of learning how to become more resilient over the course of time. So for this week and next, I'd like to explore with you what resilience means as a person of faith, the characteristics of resilience, some illustrations of resilience, 
of Jesus and others, and how we can increase our own resilience with God's help. Said another way, with a bit of humor, perhaps what this sermon series is about is how we can all learn to become bouncing bumbles. I love what Helen Keller once wrote. She said, although the world is full of suffering, it is also full of overcoming it. And the bottom line point of this short series is that with God's help, we too can live lives filled with stories of overcoming. This is why Jesus one day said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have my peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. The point, if Jesus overcame troubles, we can too with the help of Jesus. Now before we get into more detail and specifics about resilience, just I want to point out a few things to keep in mind. First and foremost, resilience is something that can be learned. So if some of you are really struggling with resilience right now, please take heart. It is something that can be learned. We can all become more resilient. And if we're in a bad place and are having a hard time being resilient, with support, with love, with prayer, and with God, we can all become more resilient. We can also lose resilience but the good news is we can gain it back again. So I invite each of us to take courage at this time in our lives. It's not that we are either totally resilient or not at all resilient. The point is, is that we can acquire resilience, grow to be more resilient, and learn to depend on the characteristics that make up resilience. So with this in mind, let's take a look at what resilience means to begin with. Here are some definitions of resilience from a variety of sources. One person writes that resilience is the quality of being able to turn, to return to a previous good condition after problems. Another person writes, resilience is the process of adapting well in the face of adversity, trauma, tragedy, threats, or significant sources of stress. Another person writes, resiliency involves bouncing back from difficult experiences. While yet another person writes, resilience is not just about surviving, it's about coming through adversity and learning and growing from it. And finally, in an article in the magazine Psychology Today is this, resilience is the ineffable quality that allows some people to be knocked down by life and come back stronger. Rather than letting failure overcome them and drain their resolve, resilience enables a person to rise above the ashes. Now, it's important to point out, too, that resilience can happen only when things are hard. It's kind of like courage. Courage can only show up when there's something to fear. So resilience can only happen when times are tough. The American Psychological Association notes that resilience is not about floating through life on a breeze or about shutting out life's challenges or being unscathed. It's about experiencing all the negative and difficult and distressing stuff that life throws at us and keeping at it. Now, while these are all generally secular definitions, definitions of resilience, when you pour through stories of people in Scripture, 
many of those stories are fundamentally about people going through really tough stuff and coming out the other side stronger and wiser and in fact more dependent upon God and other people. The ultimate source of resilience is God and God's power within us. So with this in mind, I'd like now to specifically turn to what our faith has to say to us, has to teach us about resilience. And to accomplish this, we're going to turn to some specific examples in Scripture of people who demonstrated resilience. Now, here is a list of 10 characteristics of resilience we can learn from Scripture, which you can see on your screen. These are the qualities that resilient people possess and use. These qualities are trust in God, having clear, well-defined values and principles, being adaptable, being connected with other people, being emotionally expressive, a willingness to be vulnerable, having a sense of purpose and meaning, a willingness to always learn something new, altruism, and finally, being a person of worship. While there are more, these are characteristics of resilient people I want to get into in this short two-week series. Now, as we get into it, I invite you to pay attention not only to those qualities you may feel you already possess and, and, are, and work well with, but I invite you to pay attention specifically to those qualities that may be underused that need to be developed. And it is those underused qualities of resilience that might be the most useful place to spend time working on and developing with God's help, the help of those around you, and with prayer. So with all this in mind, let's now look at the qualities of resilience in turn through the stories of Scripture. And today we have time to get into just three. The first is trust. That's a big one, but throughout the Bible, resilient people make the volitional choice to trust God through thick and through thin. To trust God even when it may not make any sense to do so. Or as Michael Curry writes, to trust God when it's hard to see, when you don't understand, and even when you're mad at God. Now obviously Jesus trusted God, but it started with his parents, Mary and Joseph. We know the story well. Joseph's wife, Mary, is pregnant. He had nothing to do with it. She learned she is pregnant. It makes no rational sense. They both get clear messages from God about the unique baby soon to be born. And following the baby's birth, strange-looking people with strange messages and even stranger gifts show up and bow down to their newborn. Shortly thereafter, a man Mary does not know tells her that a sword will pierce her heart in other words, their newborn will bring her deep grief as the child ages. A king feels threatened and wants to kill their newborn. In response, Mary and Joseph flee to Egypt by foot. This king, this King Herod, is furious and takes the lives of all boys two years old and younger with the hopes of killing the newborn king in the process. All of this is just for starters. Yet in the midst of those immensely challenging and heartbreaking days, Mary and Joseph make a decision. They decide to trust God. 
long before this, we encounter the story of the prophet Isaiah. He lived in an extraordinarily difficult time, and he endured unbelievable, unfathomable hardship. One day, Isaiah wrote the following, God, my work seems so useless. I have spent my strength for nothing and for no purpose. Yet, I leave it in your hands, God. I trust you. Extraordinary words from a person going through very difficult times. In these and countless other stories, we encounter imperfect people enduring difficult times who experience a full range of human emotion and pain when faced with lack of clarity about what is ahead, make the decision to trust God. And because they trust God, each of them is resilient. Now, did their trust in God ever waver? Likely. Do they sometimes have big, unanswerable questions? For sure. Did they struggle with what was going on? Absolutely. Did they sometimes question themselves? No doubt. But through it all and overall, they made a decision to trust God, and they were resilient because of it. And all of these things, all of this humanness I've described, Jesus lived out, particularly on the last night of his life. On that last night, we're told he was grieving. He was alone. He was suffering. He asked God to change the course of things. Yet when it was said and done, Jesus said, God, not what I want, but what you want, the ultimate expression of trust. These words also reflect the words he expressed in the prayer he taught his followers, a prayer we say all the time, thy will be done. The Lord's prayer is a prayer of trust in God. Now, while making a decision to trust God is brutally difficult at times because we are human, and while clearly we need God's help to have such trust, trust is a clear characteristic of resilience. But so is having clear values. Values are principles by which we choose to live. They are guide point, guideposts that help us make decisions to do something or not to do something. They are like waypoints on an open ocean when things are not clear. And like a GPS system on a dark road at night, values help us know where to go and where not to go. It is clear in scripture that people with values were resilient and overcame. The values by which they lived steadied them in tough times. There are many examples. Take Hannah. She was married to a fellow who had two wives, Hannah being one of them. The other wife, Peninnah, was a pretty cruel gal who taunted Hannah because Hannah did not have a child. And through this very difficult time, instead of turning mean or self-pitying, rather than being vindictive or bitter, Hannah remained resilient. She prayed and prayed in her values and principles, including steadfastness, Having faith in God and keeping commitments enabled her to overcome a tough, unhappy time. Then there was Abigail. She was married to a hothead named Nabal. The name itself means fool. One day, King David reached out to Nabal with a kind offer. 
Nabal was suspicious and distrusting of David and in fact mistreated the fellows David had sent to greet Nabal. When Abigail learns of this, she sends gifts and greetings to David. She had wisdom and values such as hospitality and kindness that helped her move through what could have been an awful situation. Then there was Daniel. Daniel's home country was destroyed and he was hauled off to exile. And throughout this time, he made decisions that reflected his core values despite the difficulty and overwhelming nature of what he endured. His values made him resilient and he flourished and he overcame. And then of course there was Jesus. As we heard in the story that Anna read, he had been in the wilderness for 40 days and nights. He was hungry and exhausted and vulnerable when the devil came and tempted him with offers which on the surface were seemingly impossible to re refuse. But he refused because he was grounded in the values by which he lived and his values enabled him to overcome the brutal time in the desert. He was resilient. And so what are values that lead to resilience? Well, while I certainly can't name them all, and I believe that each of us has to do the hard work of determining what our own values are, certainly values such as honesty and commitment keeping and hopefulness and generosity and kindness and all the qualities associated with integrity all contribute to resilience. They contribute to resilience because if we stick with what we value when things are hard, our values help us to stay on track even when things are unpredictable. So in part, this is an invitation for each of us in our own journey to get very clear on what our values are. And if we think we're clear on them, to spend time and even get clear on them to get clear on what our values and principles are by which we live and to reaffirm them. And finally for today, aside from trusting God and values of qualities of resilience, is the whole quality and characteristic of being worshipful. Resilient people in scripture worshiped God. Paul and a fellow named Silas one day are accused of stirring things up. The legal authorities ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After this happened, they were tossed into jail. Their response, at about midnight, Paul and Silas start singing and praying to God in an act of worship in the midst of that terrible time. Then there's King David. One day the Ark of the Covenant is brought to Jerusalem. The Ark was a chest filled with the Ten Commandments, manna and the rod of Aaron. Well, anyway, David is so thrilled in the midst of this time of upheaval and also celebration, that he started dancing and leaping in an expression of worship. Then there's the story of Miriam. She was Moses' brother. After the Israelites endure all they did in Egypt and cross the Red Sea and get away from the Egyptians who are chasing them, she breaks out singing and worshiping God. She sings out, I will sing to the Lord. The Lord is my strength. He is my God. So many resilient people in scripture can be characterized as those who worship God across circumstances, both good and bad. And one element that was generally part of worship was thanking God. Worship and worship with gratitude changes perspective and helps to move our focus away from ourselves to the ultimate source of resilience, which is God. 
My friends, today we've covered a lot of ground and we'll continue next week with the other seven characteristics of resilience. But the takeaway today is that trusting God, getting clear on what our values are and living by them, and approaching each day by taking time to worship and expressing thanks to God across, key, across circumstances are key things for us all to think about. And so over the days of this week, I invite you to pay attention to these three things and to ponder whether or not there's one or more of them that you need to work on or ramp up or get help on with God or the help of others. Do we need to work on trusting God and making that choice? Do we need to get clear for the first time or the hundredth time on what our values and principles are by which we live? Do we need to get really clear on them and reaffirm them? Is our time of worship with gratitude part of our day-to-day -day routine in the midst of whatever is happening? The good news through all of this is, as people of faith, with the Spirit of God within, with intention we can overcome. With intention we can become far more resilient. And so I will be praying for all of you over the days ahead that God will help you and help me in our journey of becoming more resilient. And so to be continued until next week. And let us pray.